what I don't think is the right strategy is basically, unfortunately, what the majority of Americans are doing. And that's go get a job and spend all your money except for what they automatically put into their 401k. And I think that you kind of, that's the work until you die plan. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people are headed towards that plan. Not only do you work uh, until you save enough to retire, but that means you're going to dwindle everything you have down until you die. Hello and welcome back to the Smartest Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm Jaquita. And in this one, we got a good one for you folks. If you're into wealth building, uh, multifamily, syndications, uh, 1031 Exchange, which is has become a pretty hot topic, we have a good episode for you. We'd like to uh, present number one bestseller on Amazon, Patrick Grimes to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, great to be here. I'm excited about being a part of your group and contributing what I can to your listeners. Awesome. And we're, we're excited to have you Very as exciting. we went down the question list and things like that. And our brief, I guess, sort of warm up into things. You, you just kind of got us excited, man. We're ready to blast off here. So what we'd like to do is first question is just basically giving an introduction to like yourself, what you're into, and most importantly, how you got started. Yeah, sure. Well, my name is Patrick Grimes. I'm the founding CEO of Invest on Main Street. We're a private equity firm. We do value add multifamily as well as diversified energy funds. What does that mean? That means we create passive investment opportunities for accredited investors, busy professionals looking to put some money outside of the stock market. Um, I started out as a high tech machine design automation robotics guy, fresh out of college. I got some advice early on to diversify into real estate, um, did that and pre-development tanked pretty hard, pretty quick through nine and 10. Um, and then switched into much lower risk investments, recession resilient markets, cash flowing existing construction. Uh, I started buying distressed and renovating and holding, uh, and then traded up to multifamily and launched, uh, invest on main street to begin syndicating and scaled from there. Awesome. Nice. nice. Awesome. Yeah. So, Patrick, we have uh, a very diverse group of listeners on our podcast. So um, we really think it's important to uh, really focus on the wealth building side of things, because, you know, uh, especially with the younger crowd, a lot of people mm -hmm. are on like, OK, you know, how can I get rich and get rich the fastest? So um, what we like to really focus on is like teaching them wealth building things are that, that are going to last. Um, so from your experience within the real estate investment um, realm, what is the best strategy for investing and building wealth? Well, so what, what I don't think is the right strategy is basically, unfortunately, what the majority of Americans are doing. And that's go get a job and spend all your money except for what they automatically put into their 401k. Mm -hmm. And I think that you kind of, that's the work until you die plan. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people are headed towards that plan. Not only do you work uh, until you save enough to retire, but that means you're going to dwindle everything you have down until you die. And there really isn't anything pass along and you're hoping to not be a burden on the back end and it's kind of bleak right so exactly. to climb out of that a lot of investors are like well you know what i'm going to do i'm going to raise i'm going to save a little more maybe add to an ira right well then that's going to be a little more better accelerated retirement but also in the stock market some are like well i'll get a financial planner 
And he'll help me. Well, unfortunately, all those financial planners typically put your assets right back into the same type of vehicles, sentiment driven, the roller coaster of the stock market. So I like to share with investors the whole reason we're here is because when I was younger and and I was saving up and I was working hard, there was no get rich quick or no money down thing. I was saving up money and investing when I had in the deals uh, and working nights and weekends and moonlighting. Uh, that was not the hands-off, give it to a financial planner, the hands-off. It was real tangible assets, real estate and real properties where I could get in and I could work to improve it. And those kinds of assets allow for not only you to grow your wealth through appreciation and, and especially today, inflation hedged, meaning that they grow with inflation, rental and properties do. And, uh, but also tax advantages. All of a sudden, I wasn't paying taxes on my cash flow. I mean, my work, I'm paying taxes on that yep. cash flow. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that's amazing um, that you pointed out, like, you know, uh, not working until retirement age and saving and thinking that's going to actually build wealth. Um, because I think, especially our generation, has realized that. We don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and also, if you could, uh, if you could take it back uh, with the way you, you know, you started and you say you were working, and then you start pouring the money into your investments. Uh, if you could take it all back, is that still the strategy you would take, or would you take uh, a different route, knowing all that you know when it comes to investing now? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I got really unlucky in that my first real estate investment tanked hard. But I also, because it was, you know, 2006 and seven uh, and then nine, 10 happened, but I got really lucky that I invested in real estate early on and I learned those lessons early and I, I don't have any regrets for what I did because I was real ambitious and ready to right. go and I dumped my, dumped my hard earned dollars into with student loans on the side. I was saving up and I wasn't paying those down. I was dumping hard earned dollars into wealth building assets not right. not liabilities uh which meant i, I didn't buy the nicer sneakers <laughs> i didn't live in the most glamorous houses right exactly um but i i started doing that um uh and i started hoping for great double triple my money every other year in these more what i soon learned were risky riskier assets which is mm -hmm. the land and pre-development and new construction what i didn't realize i was doing is i was I was personally guaranteeing the loan, which meant they're going to come after me if I couldn't pay, but the market's never going to drop, right? That's never going to happen. I was putting the name, the, 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 all in my own name, which meant I was legally liable if somebody tripped and fell, right? Well, that's never going to happen. Well, those things happen all the time. Happen to me, yes. you know, and not only when I was, you know, buying a property that was highly leveraged, it didn't cash flow because it was pre-development land. Uh, and then the market fell apart and then the lender came after me and my assets, right? Fully nice. recourse. But that also happens in single family. I it traded does. in the single family and as they're personally guaranteed, all those loans, even your house is personally guaranteed, meaning that if you default, come after you, you've cross collateralized everything you got, right? With that asset. And so I, I realized, man, and if somebody trips and falls on one of my rentals, they're coming after me because I'm signed on to it, right? So right. I learned pretty quick that, you know, I needed to trade up to larger, sophisticated assets exactly. and, yeah. you know, think bigger and partner because I couldn't do it all myself. And as I did more and more and more myself, I, I trying to control it all, 
while I was doing this demanding job, it got harder and harder. Right. And so then I wasn't marryable, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> so, that's, yeah. man, there's that's so, so much coming out of this that um, we can kind of reach back and kind of look at our experience and compare it to yours. Yeah. We were talking about wealth building and things like that and how you, you got to go bigger. You got to go bigger. Yeah. We, we've never, I'm a, I, I can't believe we're going to say this, but I'm going to say it. We've never openly said this, but we've had the thought of, like so so we we got into flipping homes straight away right our first mm -hmm. introduction into real estate was wholesaling houses like flipping the contracts and then we that was so much busy work we didn't want to do that and so we got into fixing flips and one day we're just sitting around and I'm going we're not going to be able to build wealth this way we got to go bigger like I was like what are we going to do flip 100 homes i got you can get you can get rich but wealth like generational wealth type no and you get flipping homes out too <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. so and that's that's very interesting to hear you say that you have to go bigger you have to get larger assets yes. um, and partnerships um, partnerships is, yes is the way to do it and it's so funny that you mentioned that because even when we first got started um you know we're we're from like the traditional, you know, you go to college, you get your degree, and we're both actually uh, chemical engineers by degree. Yes. And, oh. <laughs> yes. And Marcus actually, when we first got started, he was like, you know, I, I want, it, I want it all, and yeah. he was not into partnering. I'm like, Marcus, no. if we partner, we can do more for one, and then also we're, you know, um, spreading out the liability as well. Mm -hmm. So we eventually got into partnerships and never left that. So, yeah. yeah. That was one of my biggest regrets in the beginning was not taking. Jaquita's advice like yeah. I was I still look back at that uh sometimes but that's a great segue into our next question which is uh what are the risks for single family and multi-family investors and what asset protection strategies can be used for wealth preservation well I guess I would start by saying that the risks associated with single family are pretty big we touched on them a little bit mm -hmm. you have the fact that you're buying the properties in your own name in fact, if you go to Forbes, Patrick Grimes, asset protection, I address that, you know, the risk in single family versus multi. And I have also an article on accelerating retirement in Forbes, which addresses the differences between single family and multifamily. Uh, and to answer these questions, if your readers go for that. But, but it generally, the, the, the path you took is very, very common. Most investors they, there's a lot of single family homes out there and there's a lot of gurus saying, Hey, look, and the TV saying you can buy a property. You can make a quick 15, 30 grand flipping it or wholesaling it. You're right. And then you're like, Oh, that's great. Well, meanwhile, what their gurus are not telling you is that you are on the hook for the loan on that property. You're on the hook for anybody that trips and falls on that property. Yeah. And that house of cards is very delicate. Yep. And the more and more properties you get, Maybe you get them into an LLC at one point, which tries to protect you if you got a lot. But now they're all in one basket, right? And yep. and it's tough. So even me, I have an umbrella policy for my single family rentals, which I'm trading, still trading in a multifamily at this point. But I'm hoping that somebody, if they sue me, uh, that my umbrella policy won't be exceeded. I mean, it's just crazy. But yeah. and people, nobody's telling you that. But I, it happened to me, right? They, the loan, the lender came after me. Wow. And so wow. I totally get that. But in multifamily, to answer your question, it's very different. Uh, you're in a if you're buying into a limited partnership and a securities offering as an LP into our syndications, mm -hmm. uh, then you're limited in liability to the investment vested capital that you have in a deal. Uh, if you 100 grand in, 
That's it. And you'll immediately start cash flowing on it. It doesn't have to be nearby. You. It can be in one of the growth markets. Mm -hmm. Things are really going strong. And in a market where somebody else has a track record of success, right? Where they're doing great things. Hopefully that market's recession resilient uh, and you've done your homework because I didn't do that one time. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully you're buying still just like in single family, something that's not the ugly house on the block or the other the ugly apartment on the block that you can fix up and yep. drive the rents. And you're not doing it. You're off enjoying your family, friends, and hobbies while you've partnered with somebody else who has a very sophisticated outfit, yep. puts you in a very low-risk uh, investment where your wealth is not cross-collateralized with debt and your other investments are not cross-collateralized with debt. And it's in a growth market over here, growing and being appreciated and somebody's managing it. Uh, well, hopefully you've done that in multiple markets and that way you can have different islands and verticals protecting your wealth. Not the case of single family. It's yes. very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just touched a lot on the advantages of investing in multifamily syndications. Um, Want to hear a little bit more, uh, I guess, more about the stock market investing. What are the advantages of investing in stock market versus those multifamily syndications? Well, if you go to my website, I have a whole passive investor guide that all it does is bash investing in the stock market. <laughs> So you're yeah. talking to the wrong guy because <laughs> not only did my single families take a hit uh, in my, in my, you know, but my stock portfolios have taken a hit over and over. Mm -hmm. And you're also talking to a guy that did high tech machine design, automation, and robotics that spent that time watching these companies and the ups and flows. And, um, but you, you can diversify in the stock market with lots of different companies. Now, all those companies are sentiment driven really by the stock market, but you're, Quote, diversified. So that may be a, an advantage. Uh, whereas in real estate, you're in one asset. I argue that these assets are safer than yes. one the market here. But diversification is also important for real estate investors. If you've graduated up through your IRA, 401k, financial planner, and I, I vote skip the financial planner <laughs> because they're just going to put you into more products. But skip if you if now you're diversified in alternative assets, right? Like real estate. Yes. Real estate sometimes can take a dive. Happened to me, right? Yeah. Even mm -hmm. when they tell you it's never going to fall, I can fall. Now, yeah. the, I think putting the deals and structuring the deals and working with somebody that's been through a downturn that knows how to structure something that lifts their downturns, one way to protect from that. But another way is to invest even into other alternative assets. Like we also do diversified energy portfolios. Nice. There's no debt in those. So you're not tracking to the interest rates. There's a completely different market cycle on half oil and half gas, and we do it at scale in multiple geographies and numerous wells, where you can get potentially even better tax advantages. But the diversification across these three things and additional diversification, I believe that that is where you get a lower risk portfolio, not just being all in real estate. Sure, you can put yourself in some index funds. You, you're probably there already if you have a 401k and IRA. Get yourself into some assets in real estate, oil and gas, and we have a couple others that we're bringing on right now. And it's not through the journey to find the lowest risk deal because that'll put you in an annuity where you lose it all when you die. Right. But it's the journey to find a balance and, of risk through diversification. So we've had other fellow multifamily syndicators on the show and 
this mention of oil and gas investing is brand new to us. Brand new. We've never had anyone mm-hmm. on the show to even mention anything like that. So I'm just just curious, how does how did you even get into that? Well, so I'm actually doing a presentation uh, on live on stage on uh, a new fund way to energize your portfolio into boring wells. Gotcha. <laughs> and that's my next <laughs> speaking engagement next month. <laughs> because it, it isn't that common and it's kind of like your old school boring you know unintended path Be- but it, it also is a riskier play traditionally uh, because mm-hmm. most of the oil and gas deals they're not like lower risk profile workforce housing multifamily type deals like we do that write out recessions like a bull right no big <laughs> deal but in, in oil and gas deals oftentimes they're like Vegas you know, roulette plays where they're just say, let's just go drill a well in the middle of nowhere and try and get rich Jed Clampett style and, you know, be the next Beverly Hillbilly, right? So, but that, I mean, that to me is why the industry has such a bad reputation. But, you know, you look, because engineers like us, right? Because I I was a mechanical engineer. Yeah. uh, And we look at things like analysts, right? We want to find balance and we want to, you know, so I, I look at these deals like, you can do a real estate deal and structure it horridly so it's a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can do oil deals so that you can structure them horridly so they're a disaster and highly risky. But in a diversified portfolio, like how we have a multifamily when we have lots of units, right? And fire in one or flood in one washes out. If we have a diversified portfolio of oil and gas wells, then we have a drill bit stuck halfway down in one or we have a dry hole in one. As long, uh, it doesn't matter because the other ones are performing washes out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. As long as we're not exploring in the middle of nowhere, trying to wildcat, as they called it, and gamble, we're actually purchasing leases that have known reserves that and proven undeveloped locations. We have a high degree of certainty of drilling. Nice. certainly drives that risk down, right? Awesome. Multiple, diversify that across regions or markets, and what you know, we would call them basins in oil and gas. Same same concepts, right? But diversifying that across it gives you that sort of legislative risk, so somebody can't stop you from permitting. Just like how a multifamily, when local electors can put rent control in and stop you from permitting and building and mm-hmm. stop you from evicting, like all these things, right? It's as, as long as you build, you do it in the right places, you diversify in the right way, and doing half oil and half gas is what is really our focus because. It's just like doing a multi-purpose building, right? It's like you have two different customers, two different markets, mm-hmm. and you multiply that across numerous locations and across numerous buildings, and you know you're you're less likely to lose it all. You're not going to get rich Ed Clampett style. That Jed Clampett, it's not really what we're doing. We're doing reasonable cash flow and appreciation, but even better tax advantages because in real estate you can't take all the depreciation in the first year unless you're a real estate professional, right? But the doctors and lawyers and high-income CXOs, that uh, high-tech people like us, they invest 100 grand. Most of them get 30% off the first year in their taxes. They get that back. Like, right. It's insane. Most of them do. I mean, everybody's tax situation is different. But right. you, can't, you can't do that in real estate unless you're a full-timer. And barely, very few people want to do that. And I don't think you should. Right. Because if you make a lot of money and you're good at what you do, spend the rest of your time with your family. 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the diversity of the that. I mean, yeah, like we're, we're certainly going to have to talk about that. You, yeah. ha- I almost stood up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <started talking> about- <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you mentioned a few things. You mentioned um, that uh, you're going to be having a live show uh, as well as you have a book, and we would love to put links to those things. Uh, in yeah, in the, the show podcast notes. notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I'm sure people want to gonna gonna want to find out more information about that. So that's for sure. But mm-hmm. love the diversity of yeah. <laughs> investing with the oil and gas and like you said um my one of my favorite quotes is uh go slow to go fast so with using all of these different strategies you can basically like you said diversify it to where you know like you said if one tanks you're not losing everything mm-hmm. um so i i love the idea of that for sure yeah and we're, we're not too fond of the, the stock market anyways especially you take a look at what's going on right now Don't and a number of <laughs> he says he's already created his his blog post about this. So he's saying that there are the large number of CEOs that are dumping stocks right now kind of sticking it to the little guy i don't i don't like that at all man so uh we we definitely um share the same sentiments of the stock market in terms of that um but as a, a fellow syndicator um you know we're, we're talking about like passive investors and how they can accelerate their wealth building and things like that. Um, you have any like good strategies or tips or anything like that for um, finding these types of passive investors? Because we're talking about like the stock market versus multifamily syndication. And what we found as I'd say fellow capital raisers and syndicators is that the, the big difference between the two is education. Because for some reason, people intuitively know about the stock market. Um, but when you mention things like syndication, they start to scratch their head. Like, what is that? I never heard of that. Things like that. In order to, you know, take someone from a stock market portfolio to starting to build a multifamily um, passive investing portfolio, I, I feel like the there's, there's quite a bit of education that goes on. So I guess like, the, I guess the first part of that question is like, what's a good strategy for finding passive investors? And then once you have them, um, like how do you go about like educating them uh, on what it is that, do, that, that that you do and the advantages of those strategies? Well, so I, being the engineer, how do I find passive investors? Well, they, they basically found me through the high tech space. I did, I did automation robotics for Tesla, Lockheed, and J&J, and I did all kinds of stuff where we were one-of-a-kind manufacturing machines. Worked with a lot of really smart people, smarter than me, um, and and they started investing with me early on. That was was where my original investors came. Awesome. Uh, But I kept my head really close to the grinding wheel, and I got just got the deals done, didn't really get my name out there. Uh, then I, I got started, some people started saying, Hey, look, there's a lot of people out there talking about deals, but uh, talking about it, but they're actually not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing everything, but you're not talking about it. You got to have a balance right. between the two. And I, and I had a lot, I had a lot of stuff to say legitimately. I have some really big ups and downs in my past and a lot of fights. And that's so a, a good, a good friend, uh, Russell Gray from the real estate guy said, Hey, look, you need to go join this book. That's going to says persistence, pivots, and game changers, turning challenges and opportunities. And I'm happy to give a free copy of it to your listeners. If, sure. If you give, I'll give you the link. And if you, you come up with the promo code, we'll make sure that we sign that and get it off to them for free. No Thank problem. You. But Love that. Outstanding. Yeah. 
And in that book, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, the journey. And and that relates to people because they're hard workers. They've And they're, they're considering doing what I did and dumping into more risky, high-returning stuff, but they don't realize they're risking it all. And Or maybe they're considering what I did after that, and that's buy into the TV shows and start buying and flipping to myself and holding and sacrificing my friend with my family, friends and hobbies. And right. Maybe they're in real estate and they think they're diversified because they're in all these different kinds of real estate, but they really just need to diversify into something other than real estate. Cause even real estate has its cycles. Right. Yes. And so, you know, I did the book and that really helped out. I did, I started uh, writing for Forbes. I've got I'm a half dozen or so articles in Patrick Grimes Forbes. I got an author page, all kinds of stuff to educate passive investors on what I believe to be like the real story. Like, Hey, firsthand experience, this is actually how it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and exactly. so, and how to read retirement accounts, how to do 1031s, you know, how, how to do it safely with the right asset protection, uh, how, how, how inflation works, right? Mm -hmm. And like, and Forbes doesn't let me technically write. I write real dense and then they, they, they get it very readable. If it's readable, it's not because of me. It's because my Forbes editor, God bless you, Ella. You're a great person. Um, so, I, and then I started doing podcasts and stages and I've talked in wealth building in Seattle and economics in Chicago and I do an oil and gas in Houston. And then I've got a, a talk coming up and tomorrow we're going to work on the topic, but I got, I'm talking in Las Vegas. And so I got, I got numerous stages and I think the key is just to be authentic, talk about what you know and wait, tell, tell me what you don't know and tell them what your experiences, the mistakes you made along the way. And the investors are like, you know what, that guy, I, people invest with the most relatable guy in the room, exactly. not with the smartest dude in the room. Right. I time. couldn't agree more. Every Jeez, time. that and is so true. Yes. And I just want to thank you for using your experience and platform um, to educate others. I mean, just even us, uh, we've learned, you know, about investing in oil and gas. And you yeah. actually just mentioned something that we wanted to get into the 1031 exchange. Um, for our listeners, could you explain more about? What's the 1031 exchange and what are the benefits to that? Sure. Well, so there are other really great tools that like qualified retirement plans that can be self-directed to get you started in real estate. But a lot of people that I meet are like me that wanted that control. They're, you know, smart people, good at what they do. And they think, oh, I can, I, I can be good at anything. And then, then all of a sudden they try and go about real estate themselves. Uh, and then now they have a rental. They're just learning that that rental is cross collateralizing their all of their wealth and their credit, and a lawsuit could take them down, or a market swing and a debt could take the, the um, recourse loan could take them down. We're like, how do I get out of that? Plus, it's taken all my time with my family, friends, and hobbies. How do I get out of that? And then they're just like you were saying earlier. You can buy one or two or three or four. But you can't retire on that. You have to have 20, oh. 40 in order to actually retire. Yep. It becomes hair pulling and I don't have any left to pull. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so uh, the 1031 exchange turns out to be what I believe the most powerful wealth building tool available to Americans and the average American, even anybody can do it. There's really no requirement. Um, there's even less requirements than these qualified plans and insurance, all this creative, crazy stuff. If you have uh, a rental property, 
you can sell it and not pay taxes. That's insane, yeah. right? And you can sell it if you follow some rules. You cannot pay taxes. You can trade it into another property, which maybe you can fix up and help to grow the value of. But then again, that's time with your family, friends, and hobbies. Or, right. or read my passive investor guide at investonmainstreet.com slash 1031. Or go to Forbes, Patrick Grimes, 1031. I talk about how you can actually trade it in, get away from landlord tenants, toilets, and trash altogether. Yep. You can trade that property and get it out of your backyard where it's probably not the best market with not as many people moving to it as the best markets. And it's not landlord friendly and it's probably not tax advantaged. And, and you may not be able to evict as fast as you need to. And, and you're dealing with those calls at night. You can trade it in to be a partner with us into large best markets in the country into a team that has decades track record that has deals you would never even know even happen because they're just completely off market pocket listings from brokers of, you know, old farts that just want to get rid of their property and we pick it up completely mismanaged and we, we get into it, we fix them up. Right. And right. we return, we do all the work for you yep. and you don't have to sign on a loan. You don't have to put it in your own name and you're off enjoying your life. Right. And you know Forbes, Patrick Grimes, accelerating retirement, single versus multi. You can you you'll you'll actually accelerate faster because I believe the tortoise will outpace the hare. Yes, your wealth will will accelerate faster by trading these larger commercial assets as a as a silent partner essentially. Um, then it will be slogging it away, and I'm proof of that. Right. I'm wow. proof of that because I did it. I did it, and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact. When I met my wife, my soon-to-be wife, uh, she was there at Starbucks for my very last single-family closing. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do my demanding high-tech job and this mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, and marry you. So I had to give it up. Aww. And then after that, we traded up in a larger multifamily and partnered up in better markets. And, and we're off to the races. And now we have a lot more freedom. And you know, we have the ability to spend more time with my newborn. Cheers to the espresso on that. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. You know, I'm all about love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you, was a long answer for the 1031 question, no, right? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, as you're talking, you kind of educated us on it. So we knew that you can um, take that strategy and invest in another property. But I didn't know that you can, you know, take like your existing uh, property like rental and use a 1031 exchange into becoming a limited partner. I I had oh, yeah. no idea. We, we, could... It's not a limited partner it, because you need to go real property. And if you go to, we actually have the org charts. It shows on my, my 1031 guide, investonmainstreet.com slash 1031. Okay. Um, and it shows that you, you set up a tenant in common structure. So you own a Got percentage of real property. You're on title for real property. We trade you from this smaller asset. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're trading $500,000, million. We'll put you into a tenant in common where you own direct real property. It's all very much proven and through case law, you can, it's, it's, it's all a like kind exchange is what they want it to be. And now you own a piece of a, of a larger asset with onsite property management, regional and area managers taking care of everything for you. It's a, it's a really cool structure. I that is outstanding. I love that. Yeah. I love creative investing. So right, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a creative You say, you say creative, but the funny thing is that the wealthy, the Donald Trumps of the world have been doing this stuff I'm forever. Sure. 
and the reality is tenant in common has been around for as long as people have been buying real estate together. I mean, sure. it's just like the oldest structure. It's old as dirt, right? Right. Like almost but as old as we started building things on dirt pretty much because wow. all it is is the law around partnering to buy something, oh, yeah. right? Right. And it allows you to do these things. I don't do things that are wild. And that's why I only read, I don't do things that are wildly creative. I mean, in my machine design automation robotics career, I made a lot of money mm -hmm. doing one of a kind, wildly complex, insanely challenging, highly risky things. But that's not where I put my investments. No. Yeah. So when I said creative, um, meaning like the average person, like even like Mark said, we're, we're investors and, and actually I'm a realtor and I know well about, you know, uh, you know, tenant in common and all of that, but never thought about uh, yeah. using the 1031 exchange um, for that purpose. I mean, we sold our personal home mm -hmm. uh, back in 2021 and definitely could have used that strategy, um, but, you know, did not even think about using that avenue. Yep. for it so that well here I'll blow, I'll blow your mind we just fast forward i don't know when this is going live but midway through 2023 we're going to have a vehicle that allows you to 1031 exchange your real property into oil and gas investment holy cow wow. there it is boom there it is wow. yeah oh man again all this dirt oh it's just we're just making these things available to professionals working their ass off right that also deserve to be able to do these things and that, that is outstanding is crazy so i kn love it yeah so i know like we're talking about like the 1031 exchange and things like that and um educating passive investors so that they may put their um their earnings their their investment into something that is a bit a bit bit more lucrative and they can you know afford to have more time more freedom with their families and things like that um but i I'm pretty sure that the, the investor is going to go and look at, you know, their returns from what they're doing now versus the returns that, uh, you know, that you're educating them on. So that kind of brings up the question of what kind of returns should a real estate investor expect and think in strategies like this? Yeah, I think that when I talk to single family people like I was, like I was many of you, uh, you think differently about returns. You think about that one deal. Mm -hmm. oh, I bought this one deal this one time and it's cash flowing. Or maybe I got two or three deals and it's cash flowing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting such good cash flow of it. But I'm like, well, how much equity do you have in that? What is not your cash flow on the original purchase, but what is the return on the current equity on that? And it's the return on equity where all the real estate single family guys fall apart because they're like, oh, I don't want to pay attention to that mm -hmm. because yeah, I, you know, now it's worth double, but I'm still getting like two grand a month off of it. But, but that two grand a month as a percentage of how much equity they have in there is usually a couple percent. So they're not putting to work their net worth mm -hmm. and getting a return on their net worth, turning a blind eye to that. They're like, well, why? Because they're, they're tired. They don't have to go find another deal. They won't have to do it to, 1031 exchange, they won't have to go improve that deal and then find another deal and 1031 exchange and improve that deal because that is a job and they have another job. Right. And they don't want to sack. So, with the difference between single family versus multi, is you partner up with somebody that, that their entire metric is return on equity. <laughs> They're looking at their, as soon as you invest $100,000 into a syndication, your, our percentages is based on that investment amount. Right. right. 
It's also similar to how the, the stock market does. As your equity grows, they calculate your percentage on how much your equity is in the stock market, right? What is your value, how much your shares are mm -hmm. and your cash flow of that. But in single family, they ignore that, right? They only look back at back in the day when I only put 20 grand into it, whatever. So now, as soon as we bring up that property value, we will either trade you forward into another asset or refi out your capital, which is not a taxable event. A lot of our, a lot of our oil and gas is the same when we're put it to work. And then we'll, as soon as we develop the fields or improve the properties, mm -hmm. we return your capital to you or we can 1031 exchange you forward so that we're meeting because we've already found another deal right? because we have those relationships. You were, you were hanging on your lazy boy, enjoying your family. And then we'll trade you forward. So that equity percentage, that, that, that pot of gold piled out in the back of the property we immediately dig that up, put it back into the next one. And now you're cash flowing at that basis. Prove that, immediately put it back to work. So when we say things like, we'll do a 15 to 18% internal rate of return, right? Or a 20% you know, average annual return. What we're saying is we're going to keep it at that, right? We're going to keep that velocity going at that based on the time value of money. Single family guys, they, they one-time purchase the deal, like, oh, I doubled my money. But that was mm -hmm. five years ago. You actually right. calculate an IRR where you're getting two grand a month on, on, on an investment where you, uh, you eventually you originally put every single year you hold it, that IRR goes down, right? Yep, exactly. Because it involves a time value of money. Right. And the equity you have in there is drawing down the growth of your portfolio. So if you're not willing to just get after it, you're going to find that the tortoise of, or the, the risk of single family is not only are you sacrificing your time, you're also sacrificing the acceleration of your retirement, mm -hmm. not only from the equity growth, the return on equity, but also the tax advantages. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's a Forbes article where I talk about that. And I talk about fact we're in growth markets, you're rising tide. I talk about a lot of other things as well that, that help to um, build that. Awesome. Wow. Wow. There's certainly a wealth and I mean yes. a wealth of information. Yes. And with that, you have co-authored a book. Um, I would love to tell, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about that, but I also want them to go purchase the book and also enter yes. to try to win the one you're giving away. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll want to be on that. I'm actually going to give them all away. Uh, they can just uh, go to the website, wow. investonmainstreet.com slash book invest on mainstreet.com slash book and then give them the promo code what promo code should we use smartest, smartest real estate or smartest real estate investor smartest real estate investor make sure you put that promo code in there i'll make sure my team knows but it's persistence pivots and game changers turning challenges and opportunities it did make amazon number one bestseller there's a handful of really awesome people uh i'm on here uh phil cons the guitarist of Def leopard Russell Gate, real estate guys, NFL, NBA, entrepreneurs, actors, there are a lot of really cool stories in this, turning challenges and opportunities. And I, I love the material. It was a lot of fun to write it, especially the group of people we wrote it with. And I'd be happy to contribute to whomever is, this is resonating with you with this information. Just go to my website, investonmainstreet.com slash book. Make sure you type in the promo code smart real estate investor and we'll send you a signed hard copy in the mail. We also have 
passive investor guide if you really want to get you know a lot of graphics and charts and stuff on how we do it and we have investments on our homepage. i mean we always have rotating investments they are for accredited investors so right. you do need to kind of check that box with the sec or else i wouldn't be able to be talking about it right now of course <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely of course. yeah Absolutely. Oh, man, it is outstanding. I think all that you've accomplished is amazing. And again, um, we're all about education. One of the reasons why we started the podcast and the fact that you use your platform with Forbes, the book, um, doing your, uh, you know, your shows and everything. I think that is amazing that you give back. And that's just uh, a testament to who you are and, you know, where are you going in business? So, right. um, And speaking of who you are, we do have like this little segment at the end where we just kind of try to you know get to know you get to know patrick so like when you're not you know educating people or writing amazon bestsellers for christ's sake <laughs> like what are you what are you doing in your spare time like your hobbies is it like traveling spending time with family things like that yeah so investing in real estate and oil and gas proposes allows for some freedoms that a lot of individuals don't have we uh, I no longer am in the engineering high tech space. You know, I'm full time in this. And uh, so my wife and I, we moved to Hawaii during COVID. <laughs> we were oh hiking, God. kite surfing, doing wow. everything you can think of. And then we uh, decided to have a child. And so here we are back uh, in Southern California, Orange County. And now um, we're taking care of a newborn. <laughs> so that, I feel awesome. like that's like all consuming right now. Yeah. But yeah, we love to travel. We've been through, uh, I don't know, several dozen countries and done a lot of really cool stuff i'm a mountaineer backpack and um just all you know, we, we we love to get out and explore the world oh yeah uh, oh yeah we have three children so i'm sure that newborn yeah. <laughs> is taking up most of yeah. your time now oh, that which is, is amazing it's you know it's very rewarding so yeah man i i i definitely enjoy it myself yeah. i we've been investing for 10 years and I, even we learned a yeah. lot in speaking with you yeah your knowledge is definitely for um uh the sophisticated investor um people that want to you know build that wealth and grow within the real estate investing realm um i i think it's amazing yeah i remember you saying you had some things going on in houston which is where we're actually located man so the next time you're in town we'd love to uh to get with you host you things like that man just just kind of having that conversation and building strategies and yeah. talk about partnerships. We we have some things brewing that we uh, could possibly chat with you about as well. We actually have a meetup as well here in Houston. So, you know, next time you're here, maybe. I'll get... be there on February 12th. Oh, wow. February. About a month away, month and a day away. So if you want to meet up, be happy to do it. Yes, oh, let's get do that for sure, for sure. Um, so maybe, look, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get together offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But thank you again. We really, really appreciate your time. And um, that's it for this one, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much.